Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Here we are for episode five of the Healing Embodied podcast. This is Chelsea here. And today I want to really share something that I've been working on in the last year, specifically, very intensely. Um, And that is the ability to hold more discomfort and what I see a lot in my work is, is people wanting to get rid of discomfort. This is something we all want. It's, it's very uh, natural to want to avoid pain. And, and most of our behavior is unconsciously driven by wanting to avoid pain and discomfort. And something that I've been actively working on in the, in the last well, really since I started Healing Embodied, I've, I've been working on it. But even more specifically in the last year is expanding my capacity to hold more of these different kinds of discomfort. So I, I've been wanting to be able to hold more um, abundance, hold more wealth, hold more pleasure, right? You think of the things that you do want in your life. I want more love. I want more joy. I want more excitement for the future. We think about the things that we do want. And oftentimes in doing that, we try to get rid of the things that we don't want. We try to close off or we we tend to just close off around the opposite of that thing. And what I've been learning is that All the things that we do want, joy, love, abundance, excitement, it has a polar opposite. Everything in in this reality has polarity. And so I wanted to be able to hold more abundance, abundance of wealth, abundance of experience, just this feeling and this sense of abundance, having more than enough. Um, and be, that, that feeling of just deep fulfillment. I wanted to be able to hold more of that. And yet I kept coming up against this cinching, this closing up around people's projections of me and the discomfort I felt and the shame I felt and the, the anxiety I felt around people's projections of me. Um, if you don't know, I, I have a, a relatively big Instagram account. I don't know. It's like almost 40,000 followers. And <laughs> if you are on the internet for any amount of time, you know that um, people have no fear of just saying whatever comes to their mind. Um, and I would get 
I, I had grown so much, but I still had this residual discomfort around people's negative perceptions and projections of me, specifically when it came to um, people believing that I was selfish or wrong or bad for having, for wanting, and especially for having and wanting financial wealth and abundance. There's a lot of projections out there, a lot of stories that people hold about people who have and desire financial success. And I was one of those people. I grew up in so much scarcity. There was always so much fighting in my house growing up around money. And so there was, there's this unconscious belief that people who have money are just, they're just selfish. They're just greedy. They're just bad. Um, and you kind of have this like solidarity <laughs> with, with being broke. Um, that was a big part of my identity for so long. Oh, I'm just a broke college kid. I'm just a broke this. I'm just a broke recent graduate. Um, and there was this like sense of solidarity in being broke. And also this, this kind of moral superiority, <laughs> I realized, is that as long as I was broke, I was morally superior to those who were wealthy. It's so backwards, I know. Um, but that this was kind of the story I had internalized. And, and this was the story I, I also saw that a lot of other people online held was this kind of moral superiority uh, over people who had more than them. Well, you're just selfish and I'm just, you don't understand me and I blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it's a long roundabout way to say I was feeling all this shame and anxiety around people's negative projections and perceptions of me and my desires. I want, I want, consciously want to build more financial security and wealth. I think most people consciously do want that for themselves. You want to feel financially stable and secure and be able to uh, have the things and do the things that you want in your life. And so I kept trying to expand and, and hold more abundance, hold more wealth, hold more success, but I still kept cinching off around the discomfort I felt about people's projections. And I was trying to figure out why are people so mean? Why are people so this? How do I eliminate? How do I eliminate people making these kinds of comments? Or, or how do I just um, accept it? Like I, I was just trying to figure out either how to get rid of it happening altogether, which <laughs> that's impossible. I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of it altogether or just like fully and radically not give a fuck. Um, and that doesn't really work either. Just trying to force yourself to not give a fuck about things that um, really trigger uh, a shame story in you. Um, so I started working with this incredible coach, Janira Martinez. You can follow her on Instagram. It's Janira underscore Martinez. Um, around this, I was like, okay, I've gotten really far. I've, you know, I had support here and there, but I've gotten really far on my own doing the body work that I know to do. But I was like, there's still like some stuckness here. There's still some like residual lingering 
cinching off, closing up around the discomfort I feel with people's projections. And honestly, the fact that I just kept giving my power away to other people's perceptions of me. So in one of the sessions that I did with her, we went into this like deep embodied meditative place. It was almost like a trip. I swear, like I go to the coolest places when I do this work um, and have this work done with me. And I was just imagining myself floating on this stream. I don't know if you guys can hear my dog moving around in the background, but he cannot find a comfortable position. So he's like going in circles on the bed. I'm sitting on the bed. I imagine myself just floating on this river, this stream and on, it was like in between two like cliffs, I guess you could say. It was like a river that was like in a canyon. And on one side was this whole like group of people or tribe or whatever, just screaming like, we hate you. (laughs) And like the, the whole like community or tribe or group's identity was about like hating Chelsea and just thinking that she was the worst and like she is the bad guy she is terrible and I remember as I was imagining myself floating and just like passing by this camp and seeing this I started cracking up I started cracking up and truly just seeing it as an experience like just allowing myself to flow kind of down this river, this stream, this flow of life and and just seeing this as an experience, seeing the the hate uh, and the projections as just like an experience that I could witness. And then on the other side, the polarity was this camp of people who were like, we love Chelsea. She, oh my God, she's the best. Ah, And even that, there was like this newfound non-attachment to that. I could have looked at it and appreciate it and just see it again as an experience. And I was able to hold both of these polar opposite experiences and just like flow, float by them, witness them, like hold them without all of this like reactivity or closing off to one and grasping to the other. I wasn't like trying to swim away from the camp that was like, Chelsea's the worst. She's a bitch. We hate her. Oh my God. And I wasn't like trying to swim toward the camp that was like, Chelsea's the best. Oh my God. She's changed my life. (laughs) And I was just allowing myself to energetically hold both of these experiences. And for the first time, I really felt my body open up to the experience of people hating me. And y'all, oh, oh, as a recovering people pleaser who learned to be a good girl, who learned to feel shame for being bad, this is huge. It is huge to be able to to be able to hold more hate and instead of me feeling the discomfort and the closing off and the shame and the anxiously swimming away, I was able to just be open to it and hold it and, and be able to experience the, the polarities of that life brings 
So in order to be able to hold more abundance and wealth and love and impact that I want to be able to have in my life, I had to finally be able to be completely open in my body to the camp of people screaming, Chelsea sucks. She's the worst. She's just so evil and selfish. How could she? I had to be completely relaxed in my body instead of having all this like tightness in my chest or the the knot in my stomach. There was just this complete openness in my body. And then what I began to learn to do um, through this work with my coach, she, she began to suggest um, the work of Carolyn Elliott. She wrote this incredible book called Existential Kink. And y'all, I will get into this more later in the podcast, but I've been doing embodiment work for like seven years and I've read a lot of books that have been incredible. This book was unlike anything I've ever read. It had a lot of overlap to like parts work, internal family systems, if you know about that. It, it was very much congruent with the work I already do with myself and clients, but it just took it to another level that I had not experienced before. So not only did I learn to be more open to the discomfort of people, people's projections, I actually learned how to transform that discomfort into pleasure, which is, is, is what Carolyn Elliott teaches in her book, Existential Kink. To, to hold the discomfort in my body to be able to remain open to it. And then the next step was being able to transform the discomfort into pleasure. Like, holy wow, 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 wow. That's definitely not the first step I would suggest anyone to do. Like, you need to be able to... I had to go through a lot of steps. I had to first be able to address the the reasons and the wounds and the pain of why I felt so much shame, why I was so afraid of being seen as bad, why I felt so much pressure to be a good girl to everyone and to be a people pleaser. I had to like do some inner child work around that. You know, a lot of that was rooted in my religious trauma, which I talk about in the first episode. So I I had to go through those steps, like the the trauma work, the inner child work, like holding my younger self who learned she was bad and, you know, that she had to perform and be good in order to be loved. Like I had to go back to those places and then kind of feeling the neutrality and the openness in my body. And then the final step was actually being able to transform that discomfort into basically power. And so if there's something that you want to be able to hold more of, the thing that you do want, you know, for my clients who experience relationship anxiety, I want to be able to feel more love. I just can't feel more love. I feel so disconnected. I want to be able to feel more love, more love, 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 love. And then when we start to get into grief, woo, they have a really hard time holding grief. There's so much fear that comes up around grief. There's so much resistance. There's so much aversion to grief or it feels just so overwhelming. And, and something I tell my clients is that love and grief are opposite ends of the same stick. To grieve means you have loved someone. To love someone means if you lose them, you will grieve. 
So if you want to be able to hold more love, the paradox is you have to be able to hold more grief and remain like centered. Not that you're not crying, not, not that it's not painful and uncomfortable, but to be able to hold it and feel it and to allow it to flow through your body, to allow the energy of grief to move through your body without completely shutting down or closing off to it totally. And that's what a lot of my clients find is they have to be able to first hold the grief, be open with the grief, move with the grief, feel, feel safe as they feel grief. So in, in holding the polarity of love, they actually open themselves up to more love and they're not so clinging to the feelings of love. A lot of times my clients, you know, they, they feel, you know, they feel good for a day. So they, they feel like loving. They feel that love towards their partner. And then they kind of cling to it. And they're so afraid of, oh God, what if, what if the anxiety comes back? Or, or what if I don't feel that tomorrow? So when, when you allow yourself to hold more of the grief, you can hold more of the love. And you can flow, just like I did in that imagery. You can flow between these experiences. Feel them. Be open to them without swimming toward one and anxiously paddling away from another if you want to be able to hold more excitement for the future you have to be able to hold more fear of the unknown fear of uncertainty because everything in in this human existence exists in polarities excitement fear love grief wealth projection you know whatever the the, your your polar opposite might be different for you um maybe the 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 polar opposite of love is abandonment for you and and feelings of um unworthiness so being able to really hold more of the thing you quote unquote don't want actually opens you up to holding more of the thing you quote unquote do want because we can't selectively numb we can't selectively close off so if you're noticing that it's hard for you to hold more of the thing you do want you're like I just keep trying to feel more love or I just keep trying to have more wealth and abundance I just keep trying to have more whatever inspiration creativity security I keep, I keep trying to have this, but I keep hitting a wall or I keep, uh, I can't ever really get there. I want you to become curious about what, what's the polarity of that and what's your relationship to that emotion? What's your relationship to the polarity? Now my dog is uh, coming up to me and, and kissing me. Hi, baby. I love you. So what's your relationship to the polarity of that thing? If the polarity of love is feelings of unworthiness, what's your relationship to that? Can you actually lean into that, hold more of that, transform more of that, alchemize more of that? Instead of trying to like force your way into holding more of the thing that you do want, first open yourself up, even slightly, even slightly to the thing that you don't want. And here's the thing. A lot of times there is trauma wound up around the thing 
the, the polarity of the thing you do want. Like for me, I had, you know, the, the religious trauma, I had the, the shame, this deep seated shame around being a bad girl. So I really, for me, I needed to get support with that. Um, so that it felt like I was held as I was exploring that because there was a lot of tears and a lot of anger that came up when I began exploring more and more of my shame and more and more of the experiences of learning that I was uh, bad and, and being manipulated. So I, I don't go blindly into this. You know, I would su- definitely suggest having some sort of support, some sort of container. But I just want to invite you into that awareness. What is the polarity of the thing that you want? And what's your relationship to that thing? Are you trying to swim away from it? Are you clenching up and cinching up around that thing? Are you afraid to feel that thing? Are you afraid to feel grief? Are you afraid to feel disappointment? Are you afraid to feel, um, you know, people's projections of you? Are you afraid to feel sadness? Are you afraid to feel regret? And so therefore it's hard for you to feel motivation and go after the things you want because you're so afraid of feeling regret. And so it's hard for you to go after the things you want and experiencing the things you do want because you're so afraid of experiencing regret or disappointment or loss, or you're so afraid of uncertainty that you you don't take risks in life, you know, necessary worthwhile risks. So look at the, the polarity of the thing that you do want and become curious. What is my relationship to that thing am I closing up closing off to that experience to that emotion and can I invite myself on a journey to holding more of all of it because all these uncomfortable emotions that we want to avoid we think are bad are simply part of the human experience They're part of being alive. What if we just saw these emotions, this discomfort, as a different flavor of aliveness? A different experience, a different facet of the human experience. To be able to hold all of it. To be open to the full range, the full spectrum of the human experience and to be able to remain centered and grounded and overall safe as we hold these more uncomfortable emotions and even being able to transform them into power a sense of empowerment because being able to hold it all to hold the sadness, to hold the grief, to hold the joy, to hold the abundance, knowing that your body can hold those things and that it's safe to hold all those things. That is where seriously unlimited power is. And since really, really working on my shame and and my fear of people's projections, I have felt this sense of power that 
it's like a new level of personal power, a deeper integrated level of personal power. And I don't feel these areas in my body that kind of cinch up around people's projections. And so that allows me to then open myself up to more abundance, more impact, more influence, showing up more, being seen more online by people who might go, boo, we hate Chelsea. She's the worst. (laughs) But now I feel this sense of power and this trust in my ability to hold more of that. Because if, if influence is something you want, the more you are seen by other people, uh, the more you are seen by other people. And some of those people may not like what they see. So the more impact you want to have, the more hate you're going to get. <laughs> and um, I've really learned to embrace that and I trust that I can hold that. And now I trust that not only can I hold that, but I can ooh, use that, transform that, and alchemize that into even more personal power to even be turned on by it. Ooh, definitely read Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott if you <laughs> are like, what, Chelsea? Because um, that book is amazing. So I hope this has been insightful for you. I hope it has put a little nugget of curiosity into your mind, into your body, and begin to explore the polarities. Begin to invite yourself on a journey of holding all of it. Holding all of it. And if you are not following me on the gram, the Instagrams, Come hang out with me on the Instagrams. It's at healing.embodied. And if you have found your way to Healing Embodied through this podcast, send us a DM on Instagram and just say, hey, I found your podcast. And obviously it's amazing. (laughs) Say hi to us, connect with us. And thank you so much for being here, for listening And I cannot wait to chat with you next time.